This is CNT Talk. Every week, two friends debate the issues of the ages as we agree to disagree. It's never politically correct, but it's always entertaining. Join us tonight so you can sound knowledgeable at work tomorrow. We're smacking you upside the head with a hammer of truth. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello. Uh, that was much more energy than Joe Biden had last week, but I thought we'd start out with Joe Biden. And I want to say I called this section slow pitch softball or how I spent an hour mumbling into a microphone. Yeah, you, that's, that's pretty out. Um, Joe Biden took his first press conference as president. I don't mean a town hall or where he came out and didn't answer any questions. He actually answered questions after a fashion. Uh, they were pre-screened from what I understand. So he already knew what the questions were going to be. Um, our friend said he was fine with a president having lots of no. Yeah, I want to. I'm. We're going to talk about that. <laughs> I, just come. I mean, are you capable of embarrassment at this point? Apparently not. Are you capable of shame? I don't think so. So you know, go ahead. So watching this, I'm. I'm at the point where I lack the ability to describe the absurdity, the cartoonish tragic comedy of this guy and it's actually so on one level you know we can have fun uh you know sort of pointing out the, the just the ridiculousness but on the other hand this is not good this guy is he can't he can barely shuffle out of bed in the morning he's holding okay did you see the part i'm not i'm not making this up did you see the part of the press conference where he started making some comment 10 words in, it was completely incoherent. And then he literally just trails off and is like, oh, uh, well, all right, whatever. Literally. Uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, he's, he's trying and to he explain. just talking about something else. And I'm thinking, what? This man is leader of the free world. He, he has a Glasgow coma score of two. Right. He's not oriented to place or time. He's having to read off of a prep book that has headshots of the reporters apparently with the notes about what they're going to ask him and then did you see when he was asked the foreign policy questions he doesn't even raise his head he reads verbatim off of the note card prepared by one of his minions and and here's the thing we're all supposed to pretend that this is normal that, th- yeah, that this is yeah. this is okay we're just not supposed to mention the fact that he cannot function well, I, let's do the turnabout. Had Donald Trump needed that much assistance to have a press conference, had he waited longer than any president in the last century to have a press conference, and then he had to read everything off of note cards because they were pre-screened questions, do you think Donald Trump, and uh, forget the names, any president who did that who didn't have a D next to their name, would they be given the same grace? I, I would say no. No, they, would be, they would be savaged, and if it was Trump, just like everything else Trump did, 25th Amendment, impeach yeah. him again. This is this is a Soviet-style Potemkin village, right? And you know what? They would be correct. They yes. would be correct for once in their lives that if Donald Trump was required to 
daughter up to the podium and couldn't even answer extemporaneously very basic questions about foreign policy and had to have a notebook with photoshopped heads of the media and what they were going to ask him, there would be very legitimate questions about whether he could fulfill the obligations of the presidency. And yet we're all supposed to just pretend that Joe Biden is great. He's fine. My favorite line from the whole thing was when he asked, will he be running in 2024? <laughs> he said, yes, I will. Yes. From my sarcophagus, I will have my entire campaign. So I, I read something from USA Today. Somebody came up about, and then, and they're Demo- they said, I'm a Democrat. But they said, you just put the worst spin on this possible because now Kamala Harris is auditioning. She's being told, you're in charge of, and we'll get to this later, the immigration policy and you just said something that we're not even sure if you're going to be alive in three years let alone run for office based on the way you're behaving and yet you came out emphatically because you wanted to express strength i guess maybe i don't know i'm not really sure what he was trying to express the thing that we should talk about is setting aside uh, the obvious ongoing decline of joe biden the substance of what he said, half of it was pure lies. Now, remember, our friend, our friend, the inveterate Trump truth checker and all the people at the Washington Post, and he's the biggest prevaricator in the history of the known universe. Biden told whopper after whopper, most of them on immigration, including at one point throughout there, he was just riffing, you know, how, how all these children had starved starved to death by Donald Trump. Um, That never happened. No one, of course, questioned him. The other thing that he said, did you see at the end, which can you imagine if Trump had said this when he was asked, maybe one of the only legitimate questions he was asked was, um, are you going to basically allow the media down to your little cone of silence at the border? And do you remember what Biden said? I I don't remember I mean, the I'm paraphrasing, but he basically said, "Well, when we're uh, yes, when when we're prepared, uh, you know, with our program in place, then we're going to let the media down there." Can you imagine if Trump had said, "Well, when my uh, stormtroopers are finished directing the cages, and yes, then on my timing will allow you to actually see what's going on." Again, it would have been rending of garments and screaming about tyranny and the lack of transparency and democracy dies in darkness. And now they're just sitting there, these bootlickers accepting Joe Biden saying, well, we'll be transparent when I'm good and ready. Basically yes. not a peep, not a peep from these people. Even the Washington post gently, and it's described as gently says that what Trump or what Biden said was probably not factually accurate what they would have called trump a outright liar for everything he said biden's just gently probably not clearly understanding what he was saying and he's just parroting talking points that's i'm sorry it's either the same for everybody or it doesn't matter it doesn't matter you can't i I, i've said this before i expect politicians to lie to me I, I do. I, I, I expect sure. whatever here is a half truth, a measured truth, something to get me what 
they want from me or to get me to shut up long enough for them to do whatever they feel like. I do not expect, regardless of party, I do not expect a politician to tell me the truth. I'll tell me a version of the truth. They'll tell me their thoughts on the truth. They'll say, I believed it at the time I said it, but I don't really believe them. And I don't think anybody should. I think you should take them for what they are. Politi- what Somebody said this today. The uh, politician or politics is the second oldest profession in the world, and it's not too far off from the first. Yeah. It's probably true, uh, sadly. But take it for what it is. But one, our of my, friend, see my, my, one of my rules now is, and this encompasses our friend and many other people like him, I don't care if you hate Donald Trump, perfectly entitled to. I don't care if you're a progressive, perfectly entitled to those views. I disagree with them strenuously. Uh, we can have that debate. But if you're going to tell me that you expect me to listen to any of your opinions, uh, at least with respect, and you say after watching that press conference, nothing to see here, move along, it's fine. Joe Biden is fully in command. He's a statesman. We can trust Joe Biden. That was a reassuring performance. If you're going to gaslight me to that point and you can't honestly say whatever your political persuasion, that that was a disgrace and a disaster. I'm just not going to entertain anything that you have to say uh, about the political arena because you're lying. Let's just be blunt. You're lying or you're so oblivious to reality that maybe you need to have some sort of medical checkup. I, I, I don't either one. I simply won't have a conversation with you because you're unwilling. See, I can talk about Donald Trump and say, you know what? bad character, the things that he's done, the things that he said, not good, don't agree with it. But if you can't even recognize or admit that what you saw there from Joe Biden is a real problem, that this man does not have the physical or mental capability to be handling that responsibility, then we don't really have anything to talk about because we're not talking about the same universe. You're you're residing in some sort of opposite world. Truly. I think I think it's the same universe in which media is unbiased. Yes. And I clearly understanding there's a right bias in certain places and there's a left in a lot of places. So I think media is biased. I think politicians lie. Those are two facts that I accept. Taxes, death, media is biased, and politicians lie. Those four things uh, I expect to be part of life. And if you expect any different, if somebody tells you I'm not biased, they're lying. Everybody's biased. We're biased. I'm biased towards a conservative viewpoint, but I'm telling you right up front, I am biased. When somebody sits there and tells me I, I'm objective, whether it's our friend or the media, you're not objective. You're not acting as though you're objective. You're, telling, you're saying the words objective, but you're not. So if you're not objective, stop saying that you are. Just be the partisan hack that you say you are or that you act as though you are and be done with it. I, I don't know why we need to go on beyond that. Let me switch it up a little bit. This also reflects on our friend, but it reflects on the media as well. Um, Hate crimes. Now, I want to be very clear on this. You know, it's evil to kill somebody. I I think you walk into anywhere and you shoot somebody and kill them. That's evil. But I don't think there should be a special level of evil. Either death, murder is evil. It is hate. There's hate involved in that in whatever capacity you want to look at it. I don't think there should be a special surcharge of hate crime. I, I don't believe in hate crime. I believe in you killed somebody. Now, maybe you targeted them, but 
in a way, isn't everybody targeted that's murdered? Sure. Whether it's a good reason or a bad reason, you're targeted. So this this whole thing about Asian Americans in Atlanta, our friend said, well, I think there was hate there. I think that's it should be a hate crime. Well, that's not how it's defined. You have to show premeditated malice towards that particular group. But again, I disagree with that. We look at what happened in Colorado. Have you heard much about Colorado? Oh, interesting you mentioned that, Chad. That seems to have dropped off the radar screen I, I inexplicably. I wonder what mysterious force could be at work that we mm-hmm. had saturation bombing coverage of the the shooting down where did where did the uh shooting occur with all of the the asians that were tragically murdered oh atlanta 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 yes there's still ongoing coverage of that yeah. justifiably yes. so it's horrific but sure. somehow after we learned the identity of the colorado shooter all of the intrepid reporters and newscasters seem to have found more important things to do, like perhaps a local dog catcher story. I don't know. And I just, I don't know, Chad, what do you think could be the cause of the difference in coverage? Well, I believe when they realized he wasn't white, he wasn't a Christian and he wasn't a Donald Trump lover. Uh, He was the exact opposite of all those. Uh, I guess he was no longer useful for the narrative. Correct. Um, So, we should still be concerned that a man walked into, regardless of his background, regardless of his feelings, that he walked into a grocery store and started killing people. That should be concerning. Now, not the let's ban all guns from people who use them correctly kind of concern, but the concern of why is it not in the news if it, again, it goes back to this bias. Either it's relevant all the time or it's relevant none oh, of the by time. By the way, Chad, um, who since we're also fixated on race as if that should matter, but apparently it does to the people that report our news. What was the race of all the people that the man in Colorado killed? I think they were all black, weren't they? No. Oh, they were all white. They were all white. All of them. Again, that's not something that I would even care about. They're human beings. But since we're working within this hate crimes template, there you go. Why is it that that's not something on the radar screen that says, gee, that might be circumstantial evidence of a hate crime? If that's if that's the way we're going to look at the world, because here's the other interesting thing um, of the people that were shot in Atlanta. The majority of them were Asian. True. But I believe and I don't have anything in front of me right now. I'm almost positive there were at least three other races that were killed, I think, maybe a couple white people and one other minority that was in that group. And again, this bean counting, this pigment bean counting is so absurd, but this is, these are the rules that they want to play by. It's telling that we haven't mentioned at all. Cause again, under their, um, under their system, there really can't be a hate crime against white people. That's, that doesn't exist. That category. Well, it's interesting when, when it first happened, yeah, I don't know if you remember this, but uh, I think it was YouTube had a live stream up that they wouldn't take down. Now, if that had been any other place, would they have taken it down? I, I mean, it's violence. It's murder on the screen, which I would believe, or maybe it was on Twitter even. I believe that violates somebody's policy on on something like that, doesn't it? But still, it was up. 
it yeah. was up for the entire time. It, it almost seems like there's a double standard, Chad, which is as hard yeah. it is, as it is for me to believe that. Uh, the other point that I think we have to make about this, and our, our friend jumped all over this, uh, in frankly a disgraceful way, one of the things that he wrote at the outset of the Asian shooting spree uh, was something along the lines of the shooter was raised as a Southern Baptist. Yes, I remember that. And my reaction to that was, and as if, as if somehow that has anything to do with it. Now, you know what? Maybe it does. Maybe after they investigated, maybe they would have found out that he murdered all those people because of what he learned at vacation Bible school. But the casual way that our friend just threw it in there as if that's some exp- explanation for what happened is truly disgraceful. It is the kind of stuff that the media traffics in all the time. And what I would want to know is, do you think he would ever consider writing something similar about, let's say, the Colorado shooter? It looks like he attended a radical mosque for most of his youth. Do you think that would ever, those words would ever be formed on his computer. No, never. And you know what? They shouldn't be because they have nothing to do potentially with anything that happened. But all that matters is if he can find a way to potentially link it to so-called extremist Christians, then he's going to go ahead and flow with that narrative, which, which again, what is the factual basis for even including that in a description? What's the linkage? None. None. It doesn't exist. He just he's, here's his title. This is the article you're referring to. The title is "Making Sense of the Atlanta Shooting: Purity Culture and Evangelical Views on Porn." Oh, okay. Well, no, there was another one. That's not the one I'm thinking of. There's another one that he posted that explicitly said in the heading, basically, "Shooter grew up in a Southern Baptist church." That was it. Uh, yeah, I remember that one. I just want to read the first paragraph from from this post. He said, first, first, this seems like a hate crime. Okay. But I will confess that I'm not a legal expert on what is a hate crime and what is not. Thank you for clarifying. Whatever the courts decide, it's hard to argue with the fact that this shooter was, wasn't motivated by hate. What shooter, think, what, what shooter would, would exist that murders people, as to your point, that isn't motivated by hate? I can't think of any. So you're stating the obvious, and he goes into it. He talked to my daughters. I talked to Asian evangelicals. Okay. And then no. he goes into his rant. Well, and the other thing is, as, as was shown by subsequent facts, if we were willing to wait for them, and Andrew Sullivan had an excellent piece on this, which I actually forwarded to our friend, where he <laughs> went through chapter and verse on that the facts of this shooting simply do not bear out the narrative that it was done because of anti-Asian animus. That those facts do not exist. Apparently, from and by the way, the first fact is he's a crazy person who's evil and decided to murder people. But sure. what he explicitly said, what they investigated was he was having guilt because of his addiction to porn. He wanted to go to a place, these massage parlors or whatever. There was literally nothing about his motivation as best as they could discern them or the reasons for this shooting, including I think a spokesperson, maybe even 
maybe even Ray from the FBI said, at this stage, we cannot latch on to anything that suggests he was targeting Asians because they were Asians. And yet within a millisecond, that was the narrative. All other explanations were to be excluded. And our friend, like all the rest, just immediately jumped on board while adding a dollop of, hey, by the way, he's also linked to the Southern Baptists. Just despicable. I'm sorry. Just incredibly despicable in terms of the irresponsibility of writing something like that. Again, demonstrate why you think that that is linked to the shooting. He doesn't know. That's the problem. We we get this knee-jerk uh, couch side psychological pop babble and, and we're supposed to take it as because I am a respected something you should listen to me I'm of some I'm of some intersectional group not him but others you should listen to me because I speak from authority uh, Asian actors Asian American actors came out and said you should stop the the hating on Asians okay but you should stop the hating on everybody well, not just Asians, everybody. Well, and the other the other thing that oh. Sullivan points out in his article is that the current statistics on crimes against Asians, which the media will never mention, is unfortunately the vast majority of perpetrators of violence against Asians, guess who they are? Blacks. African Americans. Now again, yeah. that's simply a fact. I'm not really drawing any other conclusions from that other than if you want to go by the crime data that we have, Mm -hmm. there's a disproportionate amount of it against Asians committed by African-Americans. And we can have a a whole separate discussion about whether that means anything, sociological trends, etc. But to then try to flip that on its head and claim – Oh, by the way, which is another of the narratives that our friend immediately adopted, which is this was all born out of the atmosphere of hate created by Donald Trump, because all roads lead back to Donald Trump, who is sort of the unified field theory for everything bad in the world. And yet all roads don't lead back to Donald Trump. This had nothing to do with Donald Trump or conservatives or Southern Baptists, but we're going to shove it into that mold. And that's what we're going to claim because I guess that gives us emotional satisfaction. I'm not really sure what is gained by that kind of distortion, but that's what we see everywhere. Well, I was talking to somebody the other day. I said, you know, it's interesting. If I identify as something other than what I am, that's applauded. But if I identify with exactly what I am, that's condemned. So apparently if I say I'm of a different race and a different gender and a different political persuasion, that's great. That's awesome. I'm accepting of you. But as soon as you say you're a white male conservative, well, you're horrible. You hate people. You know, the exact thing that I'm being tarred with is the exact thing you're expressing to me you're expressing your hatred of me and that goes to our friend he is distraught and distrustful of anybody who doesn't agree with him politically and i feel as though i i'm trying to take a higher road and say well i i don't understand where you're coming from you have your opinion i disagree with your opinion i don't hate you just imagine just imagine the reaction from him or people that sort of think the way he does, if in the the hours in the immediate aftermath of this shooting, 
someone would have posted something that said shooter belongs to local BLM group. Yeah. We didn't hear about it. You'd be excoriated, (laughs) right? How dare you? How dare you engage in this sort of calumny, this guilt by association without any other information. Shooter (laughs) is aligned with radical LGBT protest group, right? That's just as relevant as noting without any further information that shooter grew up in the Southern Baptist tradition. Me, it is totally meaningless. It is a smear. It is simply a smear intended to send a message that link point A to point Z. We'll skip B through all the other letters because I'm trying to frame this in a way that blames the right people. Do you remember... I forget there was a mass shooter. I think his last name was Holmes. This is many, probably, I don't even know. could be 10 years ago now. I remember there was a report on ABC uh, when at the time there, I don't know, the guy who was their foreign correspondent uh, in the, in the wake of this, you know, when they're still investigating, uh, he had murdered, I don't know, like dozen people is horrible. And he came out with a report that said, um, we were still for gathering facts, but what we did find out is that this person, Mr. Holmes, um, we believe we Googled him, is a member of the Tea Party. Do you remember that? You remember that happened? Yeah, vaguely, vaguely. And after, so John Stewart, um, who I frequently disagreed with, he actually did a really brilliant takedown of that, where he he highlights the fact that what in the world. Does it matter? By the way, it was wrong. They got the wrong guy. He like put it in the Google machine. It wasn't. But his point was, and even if this guy does belong to the Tea Party, what in the world does that have to do with him murdering a whole bunch of people? It's yeah. sort of like, well, follow the logic because he, he's reporting to George Stephanopoulos. Tea Party, lower yeah. taxes, murder like no no those things have nothing to do with each other unless they've been independently corroborated and that's exactly what's going on here with all of these narratives this how about we just follow the facts and report that you know what this was a horrific act the man deserves the death penalty i'd be perfectly fine with that i don't know what how he's going to be tried federally or in state court but no no we're not going to be willing to to wait for the facts because there are certain facts that are inconvenient and we're not going to report those. And if, if they don't exist, we'll just make them up. Well, I'm, I'm sure he's going to be tried in federal court if they can come to some conclusion. It was a hate crime because that's a federal. Yes. But right now the feds are right saying now. we don't actually have any evidence about the, the uh, Asian shooter in Atlanta. Ev- evidence, evidence. What, what do you care? I, I, you, you brought something that made me think about that. Uh, one, could John Stewart say that today? No. And not vilified. No, he would never dare to. And you saw during Donald Trump's presidency, you constantly saw Donald Trump drank water, Hitler drank water, therefore he's Hitler. The the ipso facto of the basics, I breathe air, therefore I'm Stalin, because he also breathed air. Stupid stuff like that, but it goes to your point. Just because their similarities doesn't make this person the same as that person. I tell my daughter this all the time. Everybody is different and everybody's an individual. You can't say this friend is this friend because you play together. They're two different people. And why can't, why can't adults seem to grasp? Well, they can, obviously it's a misleading narrative that they're trying to portray to get what they want. Again, 
if you hear something you know is patently false, it's probably because you're trying to get grass power or money and or both. That's my take on that. Uh, let's move on. And we didn't, we touched on a little bit with one of these individuals, but I want to touch on this further. So Andrew Cuomo, I think it's now nine accusers, sexual harassment. It's 11 less than Deshaun Watson. So he's doing pretty that's good. That's where I was going with Deshaun Watson. So uh, I don't know. And, and I, I think Andrew Cuomo should resign, but because of his nursing home handling uh, until something's proven in court, I, I think there has to be a criminal prosecution cue uh, uh, proven, whether it's for Andrew Cuomo or for Deshaun Watson, because I think accusations to me, especially in a civil court, are not enough to me. And, and from a civil perspective, it is easier to get a, a ruling in your favor on, in a civil court than it is in a criminal court. Much easier. And I, I recognize the lawyer in Texas, the same guy who's running for office, apparently. He, he's brought all these, these lawsuits, but he hasn't proven anything. And Deshaun Watson's under tremendous pressure. Now, if he did these things and you can prove it, then by all means, throw the book at him. Same with Andrew Cuomo. But I don't think you should lose your job because somebody accused you of something. I think they should have to prove something before any disciplinary action should be taken. Cuomo should resign for the nursing homes, period. Well, sure. You know, obviously, he's a horrible governor. By the way, speaking very quickly about Cuomo, have you noticed? And so this is this is what I admire uh, in some ways about people like Cuomo. And this tends to be far more true for whatever reason about Democrats and our politics. So he's got all of these scandals. And as you said, the big scandal to me is the deaths of thousands of people at his, at his order who then he then stonewalled and then clearly actually tried to hide the evidence. I mean, he should be gone, but you know what he's done now you've added on all the women, right? He's just people calling for his resignation. He said, Nope. Yeah. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not apologizing. And amazing, isn't it? It, it, So he's willing to brazen it out. And what has happened? Have you heard about this recently? Not not really. It's kind of like, oh, so he's he's not going to he's not going to capitulate. I guess he's going to stay. Huh? Well, the the Democrat and for anybody not familiar with New York politics, there is a Republican Party. But for all intents and purposes, it doesn't exist in New York politics. New York City or the governor or assembly doesn't exist. They, there's barely any Republicans to speak of, uh, and they're disjointed and, fa- and factionalized as, as best they can be broken up. But the legislative assembly is saying they're investigating uh, impeachment around Cuomo. Sure, I'm sure that'll get nowhere. But I think, I think the he's lesson, on a Go ahead. The political lesson in some ways is when the mob comes for you, and by the way, I think the mob is entirely justified to come after Cuomo in the sense of what he did for during COVID, is sure. uh, don't apologize, don't capitulate, um, do nothing other than say, I'm not going anywhere, force me out. And yeah. it appears that that actually works, other than, oh, I'm going to issue a groveling apology. No, no, all that does is feed... You're just chumming the water for more mm-hmm. sharks. And yeah. so, again, I got to hand it to a guy who I think is a disgrace in Andrew Cuomo that he understands 
I'm in a political knife fight. I'm simply not going to remove myself. You're going to have to take me out. And maybe they'll be able to take him out, but he's not going to do it for them. And there's a lot of Republicans that could actually learn something from that instead of immediately saying, oh, well, I'm so sorry. And I guess we'll bow out. Uh, That doesn't work with a mob. Appeasing the mob does not work. How do you feel about Sean Watson? I mean, we think Cuomo's despicable for other reasons. Well, and let me be clear. I'm not making any judgments about necessarily what 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 went on with women with Andrew mm-hmm. Cuomo. I don't know. And don't to either. your point, I agree that Andrew Cuomo should be entitled to the same presumption of innocence that anyone else that I would have afforded to Brett Kavanaugh, etc. Now, I will add one thing to that. You and I don't exist right now in a court of law. That's Correct. a legal standard. So yeah. I don't have a problem with people as information becomes available forming their own judgments about whether or not they think this person did it or didn't do it. I don't agree with out of the box, assuming guilt, which is of course the culture that we're in, particularly when it comes to the me too movement. Remember, believe all women. Well, believe all women means don't believe all men. So that whole, that whole standard is an absurdity and it's, and it's really, really bad. Uh, And you see this in the, policies that the Biden administration wants to re-implement on college campuses where young men are afforded no due process whatsoever, can't question your accuser, can't have a lawyer, can't bring in countervailing facts, you're assumed guilty, you have to leave campus, etc. So when it comes to Deshaun Watson, though, honestly, not only do I not know, nobody knows, I will say this, my reaction to two, three, four, or five, Mm -hmm. for some reason, that seems more credible to me than now 20. Yeah. You're telling me we're up to 20. So also knowing what I know, which is not much about Deshaun Watson, but he went to Clemson uh, mm-hmm. from everything I've read. He professes to be a Christian. Dabo Sweeney, his coach is an open Christian. They run their team uh, with sort of acknowledging Christian, their faith the sort of the building block of that program. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that there aren't Christians that do horrible things all the time. It seems, here's the other thing. I'm not aware of anything that has come to light in Deshaun Watson's past where suggesting any behavior like this, again, that's not dispositive. Doesn't mean that it didn't happen, but the sheer critical mass of 20 people. Now he's either, he either has some kind of pathology Or this is starting to smell to me like some sort of opportunistic crusade where this lawyer is just enlisting as many people as possible who've come in contact with him who are now jumping on board. But ultimately, I don't know. We need to see this play out. And I agree with you. If it's determined, uh, if the facts come to light that he did any of this, then he deserves all the consequences that are going to come, whether that includes criminal prosecution. I don't know. Yeah. All I want to point out is I don't think an accusation is equivalent regardless. The court of public opinion is equivalent to guilt. Uh, Now in Andrew Cuomo's situation, it's a political situation and there's a political remedy. It's not a criminal remedy, at least not at this point. Nobody's filed charges. Has it? Have they? that I'm aware no. of or a criminal suit or a, a civil suit. Now, Deshaun Watson's a different situation. And I agree with you. I, I think I don't know him. I don't know much about him. I know he plays for the Texans. I know he wants to leave the Texans. 
Uh, I don't know if there's something involved there. I don't know what happened, and I don't know that we ever will. I, I get concerned because famous athletes, men and women, but mostly men, are targets. We, we, that doesn't mean they're, they don't behave poorly. A lot of them do. But you're a target simply because of who you are, your publicity, your celebrity, your money makes you a target. And it would sound to me as though this is this is payday yeah. shop. Well, and like you said, many there are many athletes, just like many other people. Athletes aren't in any way special uh, who mm-hmm. engage in this kind of behavior. On the other hand, as you noted, they are famous, they are wealthy, they are accessible, and don't tell me that there's not people that decide this is this is going to be the way that I hit the lottery. Yeah, uh, and the process itself is the punishment in many ways. Meaning the accusation—that's all that's needed, right? Mm-hmm. The minute the accusations are out there, how do you get your name back? How do you get your reputation back? Because right now there's already a threshold number of people who are never going to believe that Deshaun Watson is innocent. They've already decided that he's a cretin, that he is an abuser, etc. And maybe he is, but if he's not, it's not going to matter. The other thing I wanted to, to touch on is you pointed out, yes, accusations can never be treated as guilt. Do you remember the the misuse of the term credible accusation, which always seems to be appended to anything. This, this was used uh, during the Kavanaugh yeah. histrionics. Well, guess what? If there was something that could be defined as the opposite of a credible accusation, it was those made by Dr. Christine Blasey Ford. And why do I say that? Well, because credible accusations mean there are facts that can be corroborated. There is circumstantial evidence that points to the possible truthfulness. There was none of that in those allegations. Didn't even exist. They couldn't even prove that she was ever in the same room with this guy. All of the people that she claimed were witnesses either flatly denied it had happened, had no recollection of it. She couldn't remember where it was. She had changed her story multiple times. Other aspects of her story in terms of, oh, I can't fly on planes were proven to be false. It was a shambles. And yet all we heard was, well, this is a credible accusation. What the people meant by that was, is it resonated with them and they wanted to believe it for certain reasons of their ideology or their own past had nothing to do objectively with the credibility of what she was saying, which was nil. So what do we know about the accusations against Sean Watson? I don't know enough to verify that, but let's find out. Let's find out for instance, if, Oh, some of the people that actually claim this now had told people at the time. That's one of the things that we can use to evaluate. Hmm. Well, that, you know, that somebody comes forward and says they told me about this specific thing at the time, a week later, a few days later. That bolsters credibility. None of that existed in the Kavanaugh case, and we don't know whether it exists or will exist for Deshaun Watson, and I guess we'll just have to see. Yeah, it, it remains to be seen. I just don't I get, I'm tired of the me too accusations without actual proof. You know, Harvey Weinstein is a dirt bag. He's in jail because he's a dirt bag, but that doesn't mean everybody that's been accused. The Duke lacrosse players were accused and it was shown later to be made up. 
Yeah, that's well, not and not just accused, but immediately presumed guilty. Yes. Immediately presumed guilty. And why? Not because of any facts, but because it was a bunch of rich white boys who, mm-hmm. of course, had done this. And the only reason, the only reason that they're not rotting in jail, the three or I think there was, was there three or four of them. Um, yeah, I remember now. Is because, and there's an actual really good uh, 30 for 30 on this. Yeah, I watched that. Is because their lawyers happened to show up at, I guess, what constituted the preliminary hearing and decided to cross-examine the prosecutor's DNA expert. And it turned out, and by the way, the prosecution, Nifong, who should be in jail for the rest of his life, frankly, who, who hid the DNA evidence from the defense lawyers, which proved that none of the DNA from these players was on this woman, but there was a whole bunch of other DNA. In any event, they cross-examined this guy, and he conceded that, yeah, there's nothing here that implicates them, and in fact, there are other men uh, that would be implicated. But had they not done that, Mike Nifong would have probably achieved a conviction of all three of those boys and destroyed their lives. And yet all you read... Of course they're guilty because all yeah. we need to look at is their socioeconomic status. They go to Duke. They're a bunch of white guys, and that's the narrative. This gets back to the danger of this kind of narrative just taking hold without any factual support whatsoever. That's my concern. Um, you can't get your reputation back. There is no way when Deshaun Watson retires or dies, the first thing you're going to say he was accused by – 20 women or whatever it turns out to be of sexual assault. That that's what you're going to, that's going to be the headline, whether it's true or not, whether it's ever proven, that's going to be the headline. You can't take it away. And that is my concern. Maybe Andrew Cuomo did sexually harass nine women and maybe he didn't. I don't know. You don't know. They haven't found any charges. So either they don't think they can prove it, but it's good for publicity for them. I don't know. Deshaun Watson, same deal. I don't want Goodell to take uh, disciplinary action against somebody who's been accused. I, I think that policy needs to end. I don't care what investigation. Well, you you know that that's not going to end, and he's going to be I suspended. I know, and and I don't know that until – I think unless there's a criminal conviction, I don't think you can suspend somebody. You should be able to suspend somebody. You can. It's in the collective bargaining agreement. But I don't think you should be able to, and that's my. I don't con- necessarily agree that there has to be a criminal conviction. In other words, the NFL employs a whole bunch of retired police, mm-hmm. forensics guys. In other words, if they conduct an internal investigation and they find out, let's say, that there is a whole bunch of information that is strongly suggestive that at least some of these accusations are more likely than not. Mm-hmm. I think the league can take the position that, yeah, you're, you're going to be suspended. We don't need a court adjudication before we actually do that. This gets back to my point about circumstantial evidence. Sure. The NFL doesn't exist in a courtroom. It's a business. It has to protect itself. And if they do their due diligence and conclude, again, in this case, there's smoke and there's fire – Mm-hmm. then I don't have a problem. But what I do have a problem with, which I think you're alluding to, is just automatically, because there's 20 people that are making these claims without any stringent 
comprehensive process to at least investigate all of this to just automatically say, well, while these charges are pending, you can't play. No, that's right. a ridiculous policy. And that's where I'm coming from. It's, it shouldn't be as simple as I get an accusation, therefore I get suspended. I don't think it should be. And, and you, you say they have a crack investigation, retired police officers. They missed the Ray Rice tape. They didn't oh, get sure. the Ray Rice tape. That well, tells me the question was, the question is, did they want to get well, the Ray Rice tape? So again, it comes down to all, all, everything we always talk about, either the same rules apply and you do the same level of work or you don't. And therefore you can't selectively choose to prosecute whether internally or externally. If you don't do the same level, I don't want, I don't want a doctor operate on me. Who's done the surgery once but I don't want a doctor up on me who's done it a thousand times and takes it for granted. I want their a game at all times. And I want them to have experience. I want these investigations to be conducted independently, which I know is almost impossible to do, but looking for the facts and go where the facts take you, not where you wish they would take you. And I think too often we see wishful, whether it's in media, whether it's politics, whether it's police, sometimes they take things where they really aren't there, but they make it seem that Sometimes, way. Sometimes I would argue that right now in our media environment, media. there is almost there is almost no effort. In fact, facts have become irrelevant. The narrative is decided, and then they will twist it in in whatever shape is necessary to fit within that narrative. And if they literally can't do it, as we're now seeing in Colorado, the story just ends. It's it's smothered with a pillow, and we yeah. move on. We move on to the next story uh, uh, that we want that we want to promulgate, and then we find the facts that we need to support it. That that's exactly what journalism has devolved into. I, I love your quote from the from Iowa Hawkeye. Journalism is about covering the story blank 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 with a pillow until it stops moving. Yep, that's that's journalism today in America. Let's move on to our final topic, and and this is. I have a theory. You may agree or disagree with this theory. Uh, the southern border is being, let's just say. Don't say it's a crisis, Chad. It's not a crisis. Well, Everything is under control. There's there's quite a few people trying to cross. There's always a people trying to cross. And, and at this point, not necessarily Mexican. They're from somewhere in Central America usually, but they're still Mexicans. But my question to you is, Wait, what's your theory? Well, okay. So Biden Biden came out in October, late September, October, November, asking for these migrants surge. to come. He, he said surge. He said yes. surge to the border. He wanted to create the crisis. Now, it's being covered right now as though it is a crisis, because it is, but it's been a crisis. It, even under Trump, it was still. Well, wait. Did you say know? it's being covered as a crisis? Well, it's the, not the being covered crisis. as a crisis at all. Uh, it's it's been for a democratic lapdog media. It doesn't appear as though it's nearly the. I don't know. All right, so your point is that the the democratic media have acknowledged that there's something going on at the border. Some issue. Yes. My theory is that this is not by Joe Biden because he couldn't calculate two plus two right now. It's calculated to cause this crisis so they can jam through more of what they want. We have to change the laws because we've got this issue. It's an immediate crisis that they don't want to go to waste. They're going to craft legislation around that and jam it through the House and the Senate 
and Biden will sign anything put in front of him. That's my theory. I don't think they want to. I don't think they want to fix it. They want to exacerbate it. Hence, they didn't want any Republicans at the border. They didn't want to see in pictures. They don't want. They don't want to show you how bad it is that they still have children in cages. To our friend Joe Biden, under Obama, there were children in cages. Under Trump, technically there were children in cages. And under Biden, again as president, there are children in cages. But so, far more children that, in yes. cages. Many, many, many more. But the reality is, I think this is a manufactured crisis that would not be a crisis to this extent were it not for other things brewing in the background. And again, not Joe Biden coming up with this. I don't think he could do that. But I think there's a lot of people in his administration who can. And the, the fix that Kamala Harris is going to propose is we let them all in and we let them into the interior, which is what they're doing anyway. When they do let them in, they're thirsty. Here's a postcard. Come back for your hearing in four years that you're not going to come back for. And we know it. Wink, wink. Because we want you to be Democratic voters. I don't think this is a mistake. I don't think this is a mistake. I think this is exactly going to plan as they want it. That's what I believe. I could be wrong. Well, I largely agree with you. And I don't see how anyone could disagree except with one caveat. So, of course, they want people rolling to our border. That's exactly... This is designed to bring in what they hope to be new Democratic, new Democrat voters. Um, The only reason that they have any, and by the way, Biden made this explicitly clear when he was campaigning. Mm -hmm. And then when he's saying things like, we're going to immediately halt, which they have deportations, right? We're going to stop building a wall. In other words, any effort to control immigration, to go after people who have committed any crimes other than, I guess, hardcore felons, all stops. So the yep. entire messaging was Hotel America is back open, full vacancies, come one, come all. Yep. They, of course, want that. The only kink in it is because they didn't plan for how vast the numbers were going to be and how quickly they were going to be amassed. And of course, how incompetent we are with our skeleton crew of people that are trying to deal with this. And some of them, I shouldn't say incompetent. Some of the people down there are doing yeoman's work, trying to deal with an impossible scenario. And so the only downside for them is the optics are bad. We can't have people seeing all of the children in their cages. As long as we can keep that off of the news, it's all good. That's the only crisis for them is, oh boy, people can actually see what's happening, doesn't look good, doesn't really jive with our compassionate empathy administration. And so as long as we can squelch that story, and get everyone in here with no media coverage. Oh, by the way, also the super spreader event that no one seems to care about because Chad, as you know, the science has proven that the only super spreader events are at evangelical church picnics and Donald Trump rallies. Other than that, not a concern. So I agree with you. This by policy is the design. Mm -hmm. And the only problem right now is that they need to figure out a way to escape questions, which the media is not going to ask, the lapdog media. But there's at least enough intrepid people out there who are saying, um, here's some video. Here's some video. It looks like there's 400 kids in a place that's made for 120. How do you explain this? And that's a public relations problem. That's all it is. Yeah. Well, it'll be memory hold as soon as they get whatever they want. It'll, you won't hear about it. 
I, I want to say, uh, this is a quote either from Thomas Jefferson or Ronald Reagan, nobody can really t- say for sure. I think back to the gentleman in Georgia who was, was uh, quoted after Warnock and um, Ossoff won the Senate runoffs. And he said, I sent them to Congress to get me money. I sent them to get more stimulus money. And I got to thinking about what our progressive friends think. It's basically, and I think Ben Shapiro has elucidated this much better than I'm probably going to do, but he says um, they, they, they want to look at you and they want you to maybe you know, understand where they're coming from, but you're being forced in this country today to agree with what they think, or you'll be canceled or you'll be removed from your job or something like that. It, it's all, when we talked about this years and years ago, when, when homosexual marriage came out, it wasn't, Oh, we just let us alone. We just want to live our lives. It was, I, you just have to let us alone. Now it's, you have to agree with our lifestyle. You have to agree with what we believe because we believe it. Now this is the quote. And I think it's apropos to what we're dealing with right now. It says a big government enough, a big government, enough to give you everything you want is big enough to take everything you have away. Let that sink in. If it's big enough to give you everything you desire, your green new deal, your electric cars everywhere, your stimulus money. It's also big enough to take everything you have and more. It can put you out at any time because it's that big and massive. And I think a lot of people don't think about that. They think about their own needs and they're they're so self needs. And they don't think about what this means for the country. Every time, every day I read a story, whether it's from the left or from the right about how great it is that we're taking away more of your freedom or how bad it is. We're taking more of your freedom. They want to put out a vaccine ID card that's on your phone that you have to show to get into buildings and transportation. Now I'm not going to get into mark of the beast. I think the social security card business did that enough. But I, I do question, and I said this to my wife the other day, I need an ID to get a vaccine. And apparently I'm going to need an ID card to get into an airplane, uh, you know, without physical ID, but I don't need ID to vote. And it's, <laughs> it's that I would, you would even question me, but oh, by the way, we think you need a, this ID card to walk around outside, but you don't need it to vote. You, you well, need wait a minute. You've already needed it to as you said, get on a plane, get a mortgage, buy cigarettes and booze, about 70 million different things in your daily life, but you don't need it to vote. And not only do you not need it to vote, if you require it, as as Joe Biden, one of my favorite uh, expressions to come out of his press conference, Chad, it's not just Jim Crow, it's Jim Eagle. Now, how many, I'm wondering whether somebody actually crafted that or that was one of his... uh, uh, associations in the moment because I wish he had gone with like Joe pterodactyl. I mean, that's even bigger. Is Jim Eagle bad? Sure, he's an eagle bigger than a crow, right? But that's, that's what I mean. What's the biggest? Isn't a pterodactyl the biggest flying creature? I I guess I, I it just seems when I'm told and we didn't this wasn't on the lineup, but when I'm told that the filibuster. <laughs> the filibuster is racist now i want to give the analogy so people understand everything this. is racist chad well the filibuster was used in 1957 and 1964 for civil rights legislation it was used by the democrats 
it was used for racial uh, reasons. But it's been, it was used more under Donald Trump than at any time in history up until now because the Democrats, whenever they don't have power, the filibuster is awesome. You had Donald Trump or you had uh, uh, Joe Biden saying it in 95. You, oh, it's, 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 it's sacred. It's inviolate. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the hypocrisy is galactic on that, of course. They want power. When they're not in power, the filibuster is not to be touched. It preserves our democracy. It allows the Senate to be the world's greatest deliberative body. We don't want the passions of the minute they're in power. Get rid of it. We've got to jam through multiple radical agendas. Oh, by the way, what's our mandate? Well, we have a tied Senate. We lost how many seats in the House, and we got crushed at the state level, but that's okay. We're going to force the lemmings to adopt everything that we want because we're enlightened and they're not. I mean, that's, that's the program. And, and that is the issue to me. You, you, when, you, when you agree with these people, suddenly it's great. Hey, wonderful. Welcome to the party. But if you disagree, you are basically cast into outer darkness. 74 million people didn't vote for this administration. But 81 million people did. So therefore, 81 million people get what they wanted, maybe. I don't know for sure, but they to 74 million people are told to pound sand because you didn't win. You don't get to say anything. So shut up. Right. And all the people that are now having, oh, I don't know, a mild issue with the attempt to federalize all of election law, which is unconstitutional and Mm -hmm. to ban, to ban, to preclude, eliminate, abolish any measures which are intended to secure ballot integrity. Um, those are the people that are now being called the ones that, again, want to oppress because they are in favor of Jim Eagle. It's Again, it's gaslighting to the point where they're not even trying to hide it anymore. They no. know that you know that they know it's all cynical and it's all about acquiring political power because Donald Trump taught them one lesson, which was we expected herself to ascend to the throne – And it was going to be easy because all of our expert pollsters told us so. And when the mouth-breathing deplorables wrecked the plan, we were going to make sure that never happens again. And now we have Joe Biden, who doesn't even know where he is as our president. And they're going to make sure with H.R. 1, because if that passes, we're not going to allow any other elections to deny us our birthright, which is a right to rule over the people that don't think like us. Well, I, I just want people to be aware of what's going on around them. And, and you might be in favor of one policy, but it's got an insidious purpose. And this applies to all politicians. They all lie to you. Various stages of it, but they all lie. In my opinion, they all lie. They're always out to keep, get and keep and maintain power for themselves and others like them, that this is no different. It's just a different administration. But if you think this is going away, no, it's not going away. Uh, The only way to change it is to, you know, in November of 2022, vote for not the people in power currently. Text in your vote. That will be the next next agenda item. Everyone should be be able to text in as many votes as they want. Well, in these voter laws – they are state run. They're not federal. Well, so far. Well, and, and I think 
the day that happens, you need to file a lawsuit and you need to take the whole of the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court has to rule on, is it constitutional? When it explicitly says in the Constitution, it's not for the federal government. Well, of course, I mean, the, the hope among the Democrats is by that point in time, uh, the Supreme Court will be packed because Joe Biden is the modern uh, FDR, apparently. That's the... He's the modern something, but I don't know what exactly. Like Kevin, to Ben Shapiro's point, he's the modern houseplant in your living room. That's what what Joe Biden is right now. Well, and, and you know, it's, it's, here's the thing: it, it sounds mean to say that, but again, I I would challenge anyone if you haven't watched any of that press conference and you mm-hmm. think that what we're saying here is hyperbole, you should just go ahead and Google some of the clips of what he was doing and saying. And, and again, tell me that you're not completely appalled that this guy is in the Oval Office. Again, I'm not talking about policy. I'm not talking about character. I'm talking about the basic ability physically, cognitively to perform the functions of that job and Joe yeah. Biden clearly does not have them at this stage of his life. If you believe otherwise, I want to hear I want to hear your evidence for that. I want to hear you explain how his conduct, his and this isn't just the first time this has happened. This has been the elephant in the room for what? A year? At least. As they hit him in the basement as he's I don't think, Chad, they can allow him to do a press conference. Number one, he's got his toadies in the media, but they can't allow him to go out and speak extemporaneously. That's it. That's literally impossible for him to accomplish. Town hall, press conference, doesn't matter. If he doesn't have multiple life preservers in the form of cheat sheets and cue cards and who knows who talking into his ear and maybe a ventriloquist in emergencies off stage, he can't function. Now that should scare you. If you have to wonder how the heck is this guy going to, I don't know, interact with world leaders. Well, half the time, apparently Kamala Harris is doing that job now. Right. Well, and if, if this was your, your grandfather or your father acting this way, you would recognize there was a default or defect and you would, seek medical treatment and you wouldn't, you'd take their keys and you wouldn't let them drive. You wouldn't, you wouldn't give them responsibility because you'd be afraid. Where will they show up? Where will they be? What was, what's going to happen to them? I care about them and I don't want them to harm themselves. I want them to, as long as they've got some faculties, enjoy that. This is not, this is not an individual with all their faculties at the height of their power. And as some people said, even at the height of his powers, Joe Biden was milk toast. So, if you're gonna if you're gonna think about this from a geopolitical perspective and apply the weak horse strong horse concept, you better seriously consider what we have enemies in the world. China, mm-hmm. chief mm-hmm. among them. Again, the Russians are still in our cupboards. Um, there are bad actors in the world that want America to be weakened if not absolutely destroyed. And I'm not talking about nuclear war. What I am talking about is other world leaders eyeballing this guy and Mm -hmm. saying, as long as that empty suit 
is occupying the Oval Office, this is our window of opportunity to do whatever it is that we're going to do in order to gain power for ourselves and diminish power that can be projected by the United States. And that is a very, very serious consideration right now because you know full well that, oh, by the way, we didn't even mention terrorist networks, okay? It matters who is running the country. And of course, our friend would say, that's absolutely right. And we got rid of Hitler and he was a terrible man. And you know what? That may all be true, but I can guarantee you the one thing that people weren't saying to themselves is this is a guy that can be rolled in terms of exerting political military pressure on that country. They're not saying that about Joe Biden. What they're saying is we can't believe that this guy who should be receiving some sort of assisted living help is actually running that country. Yeah, that's a problem. That is a real legitimate problem. It's not, oh, Tony sarcasm and talking points. No, no. This is the guy that's standing up and supposedly representing our interests as a country to people who don't have our interests at heart and, in fact, want to defeat us economically, militarily. I can't imagine saying to yourself as you go to bed, I feel really comfortable that this guy is at the controls of the plane. Can you? No, no. And I think I go back to – and I've said this before in the show. I go back to Nixon with the North Vietnamese and China. And there are quotes from both, both countries post Nixon after he resigned and Ford took over. And they both said our concern was Eisenhower was predictable. Kennedy was predictable. Johnson was predictable. Nixon was unpredictable. We didn't know what he would do, which kept us from doing everything we wanted to do because we weren't sure what the reaction would be. And I think Donald Trump had some of that unpredictability, which in many cases was harmful to him. But from a foreign policy standpoint, he was unpredictable. You did not, you think he's going to zig and he zags. Yeah, there's some general predictability, but it was. It was sometimes a bizarre strategy, but it seemed to keep them off balance, the Chinese and the Russians. It kept them off balance. I don't – to your point, I do not think that any world leader or terrorist organization is concerned about the repercussions from Joe Biden. They're going to take, take, take. I mean the the Russians invaded Afghanistan in 79 because Carter was weak. We knew he wasn't going to do anything. I mean, Chad, can you think of – just think of it this way. Is there any walk of life, any endeavor in which a leader who projects incompetence, weakness, literal physical weakness, incapacity, incoherence, whether that ever turns out well? Not for the country, no. It never has. Uh, Those are qualities that create chaos, problems blowback, no matter whether you're talking about a CEO of a company or the CEO of the country. And you're never going to convince me that it doesn't matter that Joe Biden is a man in cognitive decline. No. It does matter. It, 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 if this was uh, 1815, 
maybe we're good. You know, maybe it's, it's just something you pass over. If you look at um, James Buchanan, for those of you who don't know, he preceded Abraham Lincoln. He, he got the job because he was such a great secretary of state, but he was a horrible president. He was ineffectual. Why do you think South Carolina fired on Fort Sumter under, under the, the watchful eye of Buchanan? They thought they could get away with it before Lincoln got there. They didn't even wait for Lincoln to get inaugurated before they left the Union because they figured, rightly so, Buchanan would do nothing. And they thought it was a fait accompli. It's done. Lincoln's going to do nothing. He's not going to try to fight to preserve this. We're good to go. They overcalculated because that was not the case. But when you have an ineffectual leader who, who does not understand how to lead, you know, we see this in football all the time. There's great coordinators who are lousy head coaches. They can lead a, a low level, but they are not the big chief. And it shows that they are not. This is the same thing. Biden's role, whatever that was, was to be a second banana. Pure and simple. Not a, not a mean yeah. way. To, he's a, he's a, but this isn't this isn't even about, and I agree with you. But this isn't even about, for instance, you know, lack sort of the capacity constitutionally. Okay, I wouldn't be saying this about Joe Biden four years ago. In other words, oh, I would still I would still detest every one of the policies that he's trying to jam through. But I would not be able to say about him or have the concerns that he is so enfeebled. Mm-hmm. He can't carry out his core obligations in four years. I, I encourage people just go back and look at video of Joe Biden even four years ago to what the man looks like and sounds like now. The difference is astonishing and it's not good. So my point is separate and apart from whether he sort of has the character right? The, the calling to be a leader. I don't think Joe Biden does. That's kind of part of your point. My point is physically incapable of doing that job. Yeah. Well, you saw when the press conference was, it wasn't a prime time press conference. It was an afternoon press conference. That, that should tell you, you don't have to watch it. You don't have to listen to him. It was an after his first press conference was an afternoon press conference. Now, what do I know about dementia? Well, it's called sundowners. Sun goes down, they get agitated, they get weird, they forget, they get more forgetful. This was calculated to give him the longest rest period and before those, those things may kick in. Don't know if they, it truly has it, it sure looks like it. That's amazing to me that nobody, I've not seen anybody in the media talk about that. Nope. They're, they're Omerta. Happy. It's all Omerta, Chad, code of silence. And if you want to prove me wrong and all the other people who actually realize that the emperor doesn't have any clothes on, Mm -hmm. then send Joe Biden out Mm -hmm. at a primetime press conference with no pre-planned questions and no note cards that our friends seem so happy about and let him answer legitimate questions over a 30 to 40 minute time frame I will eat my words. Joe Biden can't do it, Chad. Cannot. Cannot do it. And the reason we know he can't do it is because they haven't allowed him in that environment for a single moment from the beginning of the campaign. Yeah. Well, that's the, that's the problem. That's all I've got tonight, Tony. You got anything you wanted to share? 
I believe that I am finished. Okay. Even though I, as usual, did not know the topics and we went beyond the normal topics. Absolutely. Um, you're a funny recorder tonight. Just so I'm a funny recorder, yes. And I trust that you will edit our little, uh, whatever it was, power yes. outage. Yes. Uh, I, if, you I will- need, if you need assistance, please email me on the soup can phone and yeah. I, will, I will assist you. Folks, if if I email Tony for assistance, it's it's already lost. We're we're done. <laughs> yeah, there will be no there will be no podcast. No, it's it's all over. So we need to finish at that. So, thank you for joining us. I'm Chad. I'm Tony. Good night. This has been a Hannah Tree production.